It's, um, it's one thing about this Christian walk is that um, every now and then we find ourselves in the house of God to praise God. I don't know about you, but every now and then we go through seven and eight hours of the day and then we come to the end of the day and there is nothing like coming together and saying, oh, the blood. say to the faculty and staff of this great institution isn't that good? That's, that's good it's good to allow God's Holy Spirit to to just work we do believe in God's Holy Spirit don't we? Yeah. <laughs> We still believe that every now and then we, 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 every now and then we plan and God comes in and God just changes everything and God turns it upside down. It's just great to be here to the faculty and staff of Nazarene Bible College. We are just honored to be on your sacred ground. We're just really honored. Um, we may have disrupted some things, but, you know, that's... Isn't that all right? We have, we have called this place home, and this is the third year that we have come here, and, and just the opportunity to interact with other individuals here who are preparing for the highest calling, uh, preparing for ministry, to paths unknown, God, you know. I, I, we don't even know where God is going to take some of you all. But we hope that something we do tonight will help you along your journey. Dr. Darrell Starnes is going to speak tonight, a good friend of mine. And uh, Dr. Cox and I, we met Dr. Starnes some years ago in, I think it was in Georgia, Norcross. And, um, and when we met him, now he ain't no Nazarene. But, but he reminded me one day that God isn't the Nazarene. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> um, and so that God has God's children all around. And let me tell you something. If, if there is one person that I believe is a dedicated, committed man of God, is Dr. Darrell Starnes, director of evangelism for the AME Zion Church, and he has pastored churches all over. And every time I hear Dr. Stern speak, I know his passion. There is nothing in this world that matters more to Dr. Stern than to see people one to Jesus Christ. That's it. He lives for that. That's it, man. He believes that that's the reason why Jesus Christ came. He believes that's why he died. <laughs> he believes that. He's going to speak tonight. I, I want to do two things before 
I, I, I bring him on. First of all, I'd like to ask Reverend Paul Williams to come and pray for Dr. Starks. And then the second thing that we do is that we're going to ask Samika to come and sing. And ladies and gentlemen, the next voice you hear would be that of Dr. Darrell Starnes. Put your hand together. I think you can remain seated. Just bow your heads where you are. Lord, there's something about your presence that humbles us. And in the midst of us feeling so blessed, we're humbled. We're humbled at the fact that you could walk down our dusty road, knock on our weather-beaten door, call us by our common name, singling us out of the crowd, piercing us with your eyes, touching us with your hand, Lifting us from where we were to where you are. We feel lifted in the service tonight. We feel like we're in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We feel like we have been lifted above every circumstance and situation. And for a moment we have been transported into the divine presence of God. Thank you, God, because there is no other place where we are afforded such privilege than in the presence of God. No wonder we sense joy in your presence because, Lord, this is more than we could even ask for. This is beyond the description of words. This is holy ground. Hey, hey, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We worship and we adore you tonight. We thank you for the experiences that we've had this week. We have been convicted. We have been converted. We have been changed. We have been blessed beyond measure. And yes, Lord, we have been challenged. And even in the face of the challenges tonight that are before us, we need a word from you tonight. We need to hear from you tonight because if we don't hear from you, we don't know what we will do with everything that we've heard and everything that has come to our spirit. And you have brought to us a man of God, anointed and appointed and approved by you for this very season and for this very time with a fresh message from the almighty throne of God, a message that has come with the very same anointing that was on Jesus when he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me for he is anointed me to preach the good news to the poor and God tonight we're going to hear from you we know it with sense that we know that we in a place where God speaks 
We ask tonight, Lord, that in your own special and unique way, you will give the heart of this congregation to the man of God as he speaks. That, Lord, everything that is not of you will be chased out of this room right now. And every attention that is divided will become undivided under the power of your Holy Ghost. And every dark and shady thing will be illuminated by your glory and by your presence. And now Oh God, we pray that the word will be transubstantiated in our presence tonight. It will become spirit. It will become life as it is broken to us in the name of Jesus. And then, Lord, through your word, may heaven's will be done. And you know we're going to praise you in Jesus' name. So oh, 
everybody in the house oh let's give him the praise he's here he's present he's worthy hallelujah hallelujah can we thank God for the music ministry that has led us into his presence today. Can we thank God for it? Hallelujah. Praise God. There's such a sweet spirit in this place. And we know <laughs> that it is the spirit <laughs> of the Lord. Thank you, thank you. Isn't it wonderful to see God manifest in his presence? Because you know God is everywhere, but he doesn't manifest his presence everywhere. And he is moving from heart to heart and from breast to breast. How many feel him moving on your heart? Hallelujah. And I thank God for his presence. I thank God for the privilege to be here. I thank you, Dr. Phillips, and I thank the administration of this college for training God's people. I thank God for everybody who loves Jesus. 
And I want to bring greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I uh, thank God for the day that I met uh, Dr. Phillips. We, as he said, we're in Atlanta. And ever since that day, there's been a connection. And we know Jesus is that connection. And then not too long ago, we were in Cuba together. Help me, somebody. Cuba. Cuba. <laughs> and the Lord was with us. <laughs> and so we just thank God. And, and I thank God for being a part of the symposium last year. And then to, to be a part of this chapel service, um, it is awesome. And, and I am praying. And I hope you're praying that the Lord will have his way. I thank God for that prayer, so powerful. And truly our heart's desire is for God to speak to us. But more than that, for us to respond to the Lord in the way that is pleasing to him. And because this is such a sweet atmosphere, let's just look to the Lord and ask him to have his way. Lord, we we're awed by your presence. So often like the apostles, when your presence is thick, we don't know what to do and we don't know what to say. But you taught us that we should listen to Jesus. So speak, Lord. We are your servants. We are listening and we are hungry for your word. Speak a word, not man's word, but your word. Speak a word in season. Speak a word that will make all the difference in who we are becoming. For your name's sake, amen. Well, I have some idiosyncrasies. I have some crazy ways. And um, one of them is I like people to have Bibles when I'm preaching to them. So if you happen to bring yours, hold it up <laughs> and wave it and make the devil nervous. Let him know he's about to get cut right about now. How many know this is the only thing that can make the devil back up? Hello, somebody. And I think there might be some Bibles in, in, the, in, the, in the chairs. Are those Bibles? Those are Bibles. There's some Bibles too, I think. I see one that said Holy Bible. <laughs> Amen. So if you can find one, grab it and turn with me to Daniel chapter 6. And I would encourage us to read this chapter that we might let God speak to us. Most of us are familiar with it, but God always speaks every time we go to his word with an open heart. And right now I'd like to call your attention to verses 3 and 4. Uh, Daniel, the 6th chapter, verses 3 and 4. And uh, I confess I feel like I've been done wrong. 
Dr. Phillips told me to wear a tie. And I ain't seen another tie up in here. <laughs> Maybe one, okay, one. Oh, thank you very much. My brother, my brother. <laughs> I got another one right there. <laughs> I, I envy thee, I envy thee. <laughs> but we're gonna try to preach in here. <clears throat> Verses 3 and 4 from the New King James Version. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Amen. Keep your Bibles open. Can I get a witness? Can somebody say amen? Amen. I hate this title, but it's the one the Lord gave me. <laughs> it's the one the Lord gave <laughs> The quality characteristics of an exemplary leader. The quality characteristics of an exemplary leader. I have another idiosyncrasy. Can I be at home? Turn to your neighbor and look at him. Face to face. Nose to nose. Eyeball to eyeball. Don't kiss him, just look at him. Say, neighbor, he's going to preach about the quality characteristics of an exemplary leader. Somebody give God the praise in the house. Give God the praise. Give God the praise. If you see someone who's not here and they ask you what the preacher preached about, what are you going to say? Amen. Well done. Well done. I had an inkling when Dr. Phillips asked me, but it was confirmed after being in this service that most, if not all, of us in here are or will be leaders that can make a difference in this world. And I need to say that the great need of the institutions of our day is for exemplary leaders. Now some people call them outstanding leaders. Some people call them uh, exceptional leaders. But I call them exemplary leaders. An exemplary leader is one whose life and leadership command the respect of those he or she leads. Life and leadership command the respect of those he or she 
leads. And every family needs some exemplary leaders. Every community needs some exemplary leaders. Every church needs some exemplary leaders. But the problem is only God can raise up an exemplary leader. And over two, over 2,500 years ago, God raised up such a person, his name is Daniel, a Jewish exile, exile in Babylon and in Persia. But how many know God wants to raise up some exemplary, exemplary leaders who will make a difference today? And I believe he's looking at us. And he's seeking some candidates. And I'm praying today that God will put it in the heart of many of us, if not all of us, in this chapel to become just that kind of leader. However, to become that kind of leader, we need to know what he looks like or what she looks like. And therefore, we want to put the spotlight on Daniel so that we might be able to recognize the quality characteristics of an exemplary leader. Can I talk about it? Will you talk back to me? I do better when you talk back to me. I preach faster when you talk back to me. You get out of here sooner when you talk to me. Can I get an amen now? Okay, all right, we're together, we're together. The first quality characteristic of an exemplary leader is character. Is what? Character. Uh, our reputation is what people think or say about us. But our character is what God knows about us. And sometimes we work overtime on image <laughs> to impress folks. But the real us is the us God sees. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the house. From Daniel, we can learn how character really enhances the quality of our leadership. Uh, from Daniel, we learn that character inspires confidence. You know, when Daniel was taken into exile, he was just another promising uh, slave. <laughs> and as you know, Nebuchadnezzar had the custom of trying to find the cream of the crop in every nation that Babylon defeated. But as they worked with Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar and his leaders began to realize this guy is different. <laughs> Hello, somebody. And, and when people see character, it's such a rare thing 
that they begin to realize this person can be trusted. That's what we mean when we say inspires confidence. And what was amazing was that whoever became the next king of Babylon always ended up finding out you can trust Daniel. And even when Persia took over, help me somebody, didn't take them long <laughs> before the Persian kings recognized we need that brother. <laughs> can I get a witness in the house? Not only do we learn that character inspires confidence, but we learn that character leads to promotion. And so, you know, when they recognized, the Persian king recognized that Daniel could help, he even got to the place that he became one of three governors of the whole empire. Hello, somebody. He was walking with the big dogs. Can I get a witness in the house? And then his character was of such that the king was about to put him over the whole realm. Can I get a witness? I want you to know character leads to what? Promotion. Can I get a little country? Well, what the problem is? <laughs> the problem is sometimes when we start being elevated and promoted, some folks don't like it. Can I get a witness in the house? Especially when we happen to be the minority. Hello. Because the Persians were in control and he was a, a Hebrew. And so some of those Persian leaders said, we got to do something about this brother because the king's about to put him over all of us. <laughs> and so that brings me to another thing about character. Character withstands scrutiny. Woo! I need a witness in the house. Because you know what their plan was? Their plan was to find some dirt. Hello, somebody. That they could use to bring Daniel down. So they started sending out the spies. They started checking everything, looking in every closet. Hello, somebody. But guess what? Character <laughs> withstands scrutiny. And so... What did they find? They found loyalty as it relates to the king. They found integrity in his handling of money and power. They found conscientiousness in the performance of his duties. And they found uprightness as it regards his morality. And so when all the reports were in, <laughs> they said, we ain't got nothing on this brother. <laughs> Can I get a witness in the house? And so the point we must take from this is that character is a quality characteristic of an exemplary leader. And so as we try to gain knowledge, help me somebody, and as we try to develop our gifts, let us not forget to develop character. For whatever our gifts and our knowledge build up, our lack of character will tear down every time.
If I can get enough amens, I'll go to my second point. Amen. 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 We might get out of here. Secondly, the second quality characteristic of an exemplary leader is commitment. Commitment. Uh, commitment has to do with our true devotion to God. And from Daniel, we can learn what commitment really entails. From Daniel, we can learn that commitment entails making our relationship with God the priority of our lives. That, that's commitment. Making our relationship with God the what? Priority of our lives. Even though Daniel was loyal to the king, his relationship with the Lord was his number one priority. Can I get a witness? Even, even though Daniel was conscientious in the workplace, his relationship with God was his number one priority. Even though Daniel, now I know I'm going to get in trouble right here, was faithful in his religion, his relationship with God was his number one priority. And I can hear somebody thinking, ain't that the same thing? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> because see, we are always aware of the bad things that try to take God's place. You know, the sins and the evil and the addictions. But sometimes God's greatest competition happens to be good things. Hello, somebody. I need a witness in the house. Sometimes uh, our leaders can become our God. Sometimes our job, our, our career can become our. And sometimes church, help me, and religious stuff can become our God. Say, what you talking about? We can be so busy doing church stuff that we have no time for the Lord. No time for our prayer life. No time to spend quality time with him. And so it was clear that Daniel made his relationship with God the what? Priority of his life. That's what commitment is. But Daniel teaches us something else about commitment. Commitment entails making the word of God, the rule or guide for our life. The word of God, the what? Rule or guide for our life. Is your Bible still open? Well, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. He held it up. That made me feel good. <laughs> Look at verse 5. It says, uh, then these men said, 
we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. <laughs> See, what a blessing that your critics, help me somebody, the, the folks who are trying to come after you, the worst thing they can say about you <laughs> is that this person is so committed to the law of his God, that's the only way we're going to get him. In other words, they had seen that, that, that the word of God was the thing that Daniel used to guide his life. It was the ultimate authority for what he believed and, and how he lived and what he practiced. And commitment to God is commitment to his word. Not just to know it. Help me somebody. Not just to teach it to somebody else. Not just to preach it but to make it a part of our lives and to say, this is my guide. This is what's going to rule my life. And to do it in such a way that even the folks who don't like us have to see it. Good Google Mooga. I need a witness in the house. Ah. And so they said, we're going to come up with something that we know is against the law of his God. We're going to come up with a decree that says you can't pray to anybody but the king for 30 days. And whoever does will be put into the lion's den. And we'll get the king to sign it. Commitment. Daniel teaches us also entails making our service to God the focal point of our lives. Making what? Our service to God. The focal point of our lives. Whew. Making our relationship with God the priority of our lives. Making the word of God the rule or guide for our lives. But making our service to God the what? Focal point of our You know what excited me about this passage as I was reading it? What excited me is how the king describes God. Here's, here's what the king, every time the king said God, he went like this. The God you serve continually. <laughs> Good, Google I need a witness in the house. Can I get a witness over there? He said, the, Daniel, the God you serve continually. Could Google Mooga. This, this leader had a life of such quality that the king, hello somebody, couldn't think about God without saying, that's a God you serve continually. You can see that Daniel made service to God the focal point of his life. It wasn't peripheral. It wasn't a side issue. But he lived to serve the king of kings. He lived to serve the Lord of lords. He woke up in the morning saying, how 
how can I serve you? He went all day long thinking about how I can serve you. Not just the church, but to God. Help us, somebody. Can I get a witness? That means when church is out, I'm still serving the Lord. Come on up in here. When I go home, I'm still serving the Lord. I need a witness in here. If I can get enough amens, I'll go to my last point. Amen. 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 The third and final quality characteristic of an exemplary leader is conviction. Conviction. Conviction has to do with those beliefs uh, and, and principles that we live by and abide by. The beliefs and principles that we live by and abide by. Because we have a whole lot of stuff we believe. We got a lot of stuff we believe. We ain't living it. <laughs> Can I get a witness in the house? Much of it, we just mentally agree with it. But conviction goes beyond the head. Help me somebody. Conviction is a matter of the heart. And when something is a conviction, we believe it to a point that we say, I've got to live by this. I've got to incorporate this in my life. From Daniel, we can learn what it really means to have conviction. What it really means <laughs> to have conviction. From Daniel, we learned that having conviction means being willing to suffer or die for what we believe. Whew. Is your Bible still open? Can, can we just look at verse 10? Can we look at verse 10? Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed. He went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. Having conviction means being willing to suffer or die for what we believe. And so Daniel saw that the king signed that thing. Because <laughs> sometimes when we're in leadership, they butter us up. Those people came to that king and said, oh, king, live forever. You the man. You the man. <laughs> when they got through, that king just signed the thing. <laughs> and when Daniel saw he signed it, he refused to compromise his integrity. 
Because he could have easily just prayed with the door, with the windows closed. <laughs> but he knew that his custom was to face Jerusalem. You remember when Solomon was dedicating the temple and he says, if my people are exiled somewhere and they can't get to the temple, if they just look toward the temple, help me somebody, will you hear? <laughs> Woo! And so that's what Daniel was doing. Even if it meant what? Suffering or death. And you know they were looking. Yep. Let's get him. <laughs> but we learned something else about conviction. Having conviction means trusting God to deliver us from trouble. Whoo! Trusting who? God to deliver us. Now you know what we even even those of us who try to be spiritual, you 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 know what we often do. We trust our powerful friends. <laughs> but the king, once he realized what was going on, he tried every way he could. He had, to, he had them looking in all the books and the laws, trying to find a loophole. <laughs> and finally, by that night, he realized there was nothing he could do. <laughs> but what I love about Daniel, Daniel wasn't trusting the king. Daniel was trusting the God he served. And when we have conviction, we know no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter how dark it looks, no matter how hopeless it seems, God is able. And like Daniel's friends, even if he didn't, <laughs> You know, in the fire phrase, he said, even if he didn't deliver us, we still, ain't gonna, we still aren't going to bow down. He trusted God. And so, you know what happened? The king prayed and fasted. Hello, somebody. I need a witness in the house. Wouldn't need a thing. Wouldn't bring music. Wouldn't do anything. And then early in the morning, when the sun came out, the king ran to where the lion's den was, called out, oh, Daniel. Has the God who you serve continually delivered you? And a voice rang out. <laughs> o king, live forever. My God sent his angel and locked the lion's jaws. Hello, somebody. And the king said, hurry up, get him out of there. And they got him out. And, and can we read? Can I, can I show you something? Can I show you something? Look with me, if you will, at verse 23. And the king was exceedingly what? Glad for him and commanded that he should be what? Take Daniel up out of the den. Here's the beautiful part. So Daniel was taken up out of the den. And no injury was found on him. Why? Because he trusted in his God. I need a witness in the house. I'm telling you, when you trust God, God 
how to deliver. God knows when to deliver. There's something else here. Having conviction also means letting God deal with those who seek our harm. Letting God deal with those who seek our harm. We don't have to fight our own battle. We don't have to return railing for railing. We can, we can, we can forgive, hello somebody, and then turn that thing over to the Lord. Because he said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So if the person trying to get you is hungry, feed him. <laughs> if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Never let evil overcome us, but overcome evil with what? Good. If there's going to be some getting, let God do the getting. I need a witness in the house. I need a witness in the house. Why? God has all the information. He knows who to get. He knows how much to get them. And if we minister to them, God might be even able to reach them. Hello, somebody. Well, you know those folks who plotted that. You know. I, I don't know, but they and their wives and children were thrown in there. I, that was rough. I said, oh, Lord. Ah. You got to be careful who you marry. <laughs> Help me somebody. I need a witness. Ah, Lord. And you know, you always got people who try to discredit the supernatural, who always try to discredit God's miracle. Going talking about, well, the lions weren't hungry. Well, that was the same den Daniel came out of. And when they dropped all them people in there, the Bible says before they reached the bottom. I think they were very hungry. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine a big pork chop in front of you all night long and you can't get to it? <laughs> can I get a witness in the house? But oh, God took care of the enemies. God took care of them. But can I say one more thing about having conviction? Daniel teaches us that having conviction means seeing others come to faith because of God's faithfulness in our lives. Seeing what? Others come to faith because of God's faithfulness in our lives. You see what happened. After this miracle, the king came to faith. Good, Google Mugger. I need a witness in the house. And the king made a decree that went throughout the whole empire. Can I summarize it? Can I summarize it? Daniel's God is God. <laughs> I need a witness. I need a witness in the house. I need a witness. God is able. Not only to deliver us, but he can reach somebody. He can save somebody. He can touch somebody's life.
so they recognize how real he is. As I close, the presence of God in our lives is the single most important factor in becoming an exemplary leader. Because if you notice verse 3, it says, but this Daniel, I love that this Daniel. <laughs> and not any Daniel, but this Daniel distinguished himself above everybody else. Why? Because an excellent spirit <laughs> was in him. Oh, I wish I had a witness. Whatever you interpret that to be, there was something on the inside that made the difference in his life. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is the only one who can enable us to become the kind of people that other folks can respect and follow. The Holy Spirit is the secret of character development. The Holy Spirit is the catalyst for genuine commitment. The Holy Spirit is the source of profound conviction. And the Holy Spirit is the enabler of meaningful ministry. The Holy Ghost is the one who will make all the difference in us becoming the kind of leaders God can use in this day. And so it is. That same Holy Spirit that turned frightened disciples into men who turned the world upside down. The same Holy Ghost is here today. And he will enter anyone who establishes a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. But more than that, he will fill with power and love, gifts and graces, anyone who will surrender to the Lordship of Christ. So right now, we want to respond to this message. And, and Dr. Phillips, I can just never take for granted that everybody in a place has been saved. We're going to give an opportunity for those of us who want to answer the call to exemplary, exemplary leadership to make that commitment. But first, allow me to offer Jesus. Just in case there may be somebody here who is religious but may not have a relationship. That's the way I was. I was religious but I wasn't saved because I was trying to earn salvation through works, through trying to live good, through trying to work in the church, through trying to do good deeds in the community. And I'm so glad the gospel found me that told me it's not by works of righteousness. It's only the blood. 
And that blood is applied only to those who put saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So right now, as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, nobody's looking around. If you're here and you sense the draw of God's Spirit moving you to trust Christ alone for salvation, moving you to ask Him to make you right with God and to make you the person you ought to be, to trust Him to forgive, then tonight can be the night that your life will change forever. And more than that, your destiny will change. If you're here and you truly recognize that you need to be saved, you need to let Jesus come in and save you, wash your sins away, put you in right standing with God, and you're willing to stop trying to do it in your own works, but you're willing to just receive the free gift that God is offering. I'm just going to ask you right where you're sitting to hold your hand up because I'm going to lead you in a prayer right where you're sitting. And wherever you are, Jesus will come into your life. He will apply his blood. And no matter what anybody thinks, he's the only one with a vote. If you're here and you desire salvation, just lift your hand high wherever you are and I will pray, I will lead you in a prayer and the Lord will come in. Just lift your hand high. We don't want anybody to miss this opportunity for salvation. Hallelujah. And finally, there may be those of us who recognize God's call on our lives. We know God has called us to leadership. It may be clergy, it may be laity, but we know that God has called us to leadership and we have sacrificed to come to a place that will equip us for that leadership. But tonight, can we ask God to make us exemplary leaders? Recognizing we cannot do it through willpower. We cannot do it ourselves. But if we ask, we shall receive. Seek and we'll find not. That thing will open. And so anyone who has that desire, as I do, to become an exemplary leader, a person of character, a person of commitment, a person of conviction, however you want to, Request that of God. If you want to request it in your seat, if you want to come to the altar here, just feel free. However the Spirit moves you, but focus on the Lord.